mother effer, what the effing hell? You almost had me there. You almost had me there. I went hello, 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 and I was like, I don't think I turned on the mic this week again. And I was right. Also, what is your problem, Stream Deck? Yeah, I keep uh, having to make uh, me uh, close you completely and then I'll reopen you to get you to work with OBS. Is it since the update? And then the new plugin, like, what is going on? Hello, though. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. I am, of course, Marcus Nez, your host. Hi, 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 hi. And, uh, you got some stuff to talk about. Not, not too much. New games. Nothing really new watching-wise. I am still just powering through. I shouldn't say I'm powering through Star Trek The Next Generation anymore. I am enjoying it overall, I guess I'd say. It's it's fine. We're in season two, and it's pretty much fine. It's perfectly watchable. There are a handful of episodes that are actually pretty good. I was surprised to see that Measure of a Man, one of the most iconic and famous Next Generation episodes which is all about data and his rights and what it means to be human or have rights, etc. That that is actually from season two. And pretty early on, it's maybe episode nine or so. I just realized that I said actually like a thousand fucking times already. I'm like, that's actually too many times to actually be saying it actually in a short period of time. Actually. Freaking actually. But that's a still... Pretty good episode. Pretty good episode. And it's early on in the series, which is a, a big surprise. I think it's got to be the most highly rated episode from this, the second season, which is still considered to be an, a not great season overall. But it seems maybe it's just the trauma of season one and how awful most of that is. But Season 2 is, is pretty good, and I like some of the new characters we've gotten. I, I talked about this last time, but I really, I, I really, really like Whoopi. And I just watched an episode with her and the... What are they? Not the Romulan. The, the Borg? Is that they are? The, the machine race type people who are all a collective. And, and we got a, a good amount of backstory and growth with her whereas she's always just been this sort of wise bartender character we're now getting to see more of who she is where she comes from etc and that was nice but she's really really good on the show and it's a reminder of how Whoopi Goldberg was kind of fucking good back in the day even when stuff wasn't good like with Ghost she was good so you know, now we're just, we're stuck with View Whoopi. And I miss Ghost and TNG Whoopi. Oh, but yeah. That's pretty much the the majority of what I've been watching. I haven't had much time to do anything else. And even with the oatmeal, busting out a Van Damme movie here and there. I talked about Galaxy Quest last time. I don't even remember what I watched this last time. I just watched Kickboxer this morning. And that was... Better than I expected. It's still not better than Bloodsport, but it's not as bad as I remember it being. 
And I think I mostly related that to or blame that on my assumption. But I'm pretty sure I've seen this. Of people often comparing Kickboxer and Bloodsport or putting them on the same level. And I wouldn't say that. I think Kickboxer is at the very, very, very top of the mid-tier Van Damme movies. So it's in that category of Van Damme movies that... You have to like Van Damme to enjoy. I don't think you're going to enjoy Kickboxer unless you enjoy Van Damme. Or you really, really like good, bad movies. Because anytime a character speaks in that movie, it's horrible. But it's good horrible. It's really, really bad dialogue. But it's amusing. I mean, right from the start, you get great writing like, man, the, the champ He's so awesome. He's so awesome at his job. He's just, he's so good. He just wins all the time. It's just like, who wrote this? A 12-year-old? And Van Damme at least co-wrote it. He had a hand in it. So, checks out. Checks out. But it's basically one long training montage with a fight here or there and then the occasional visit to the hospital where Van Damme is checking in on his paralyzed brother. But it's also... It's like there's a lot of lighthearted, silly moments in it, but it's also incredibly dark. And I did not remember that. I mean, one, you've got the brother getting paralyzed. That's not great. But then you have, I think, I think the dog survived. I think the dog survived. But you have the dog getting shot by an arrow. And the way they shoot it, it's just like the, the dog's running around. The arrow gets shot. It hits the dog. And then it's just like a quick like, oh, it's no, it's just laying down now. And now there's an arrow sticking out of it. And here's the look at its sad face. I'm like, Jesus. I mean, it's kind of silly the way it's shot. But also the sad look on that dog's face did not make me happy. But then you have the, the lady that Van Damme is interested in. She gets raped. The, the big bad fighter dude rapes her in a means to... Get into his head, get into Van Damme's head, while also kidnapping the brother. I'm like, what? this is a maybe a bit much, maybe just a wee bit much. But it's a, it's all right, it's all right. You know, Bloodsport is something that I think anyone not or even non-Van Damme fans could enjoy, but Kickboxer doesn't quite hit that mark, so. Better than I expected, but still not not top tier. Not not quite top tier. Close, but no cigar. And that's it in terms of what I've been watching that I can think of. I feel like I must be missing something. What the hell did I watch between Kickboxer and Galaxy Quest? Because there's time there. I watched something. Oh yeah, I watched War Games. That's what I watched. I watched War Games uh, to see if it holds up the way I believed it did because I always talk about how great that movie is how much I loved it and how much I'm so sure it does hold up but I never actually went ahead and rewatched it to confirm that or not and I still really really like it it's a slow burn it's a slow burn that moves fast which might be a bit of a contradiction and not make sense but I feel like if you watch it maybe you'll you'll see what I'm saying it's it's not a super exciting movie and it's roughly two hours. But at no point did it drag or did I look at 
my watch and wonder how much time was left. It, it moved at a fairly steady pace. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. I really, really like it. I don't... The thing about it is that I don't know if it's a movie people who weren't born around and in that era would enjoy as much given somewhat to the slow nature to it and just the tech in it and all that jazz. I think it could be on the boring side to those who have no knowledge or recollection or memory of those times. But one of the things I realize while watching it is that I don't like Matthew Broderick. I just, I am not a fan of his. And it's not always that, or not just that he does a lot of bad movies. I think Ferris Bueller is a bad movie. That's like an outlier where I think most people would not. What? Uh, but like Godzilla, I'm not a fan of. I know Angie's a fan of. And maybe it's because of Broderick. I don't know. But he ruins Lady Hawk. Lady Hawk has a lot of potential. But he ruins it. Part of it is that his character by design is kind of shitty. But he's just. He does not fit that role. He does not fit the role in Glory. He. Whenever he tries to actually, there we go, another actually, baby. Whenever he tries to actually act, you know, like real acting, give me an Oscar acting, he's horrible. He cannot act at all. I don't know if there's ever been a role where he's shown that he can act. <laughs> I was going to say actually act. I got, even jokingly, I don't want to say actually anymore. God damn. But he's really, really bad. The only movie I could think of where I thought, hey, you're, you're, you're good in this is the producer's remake, which I like more than the original. I don't love either all that much, and I'm not a huge Mel Brooks fan. That's something I grew out of real fast, sadly. No, I mean, you know, sad just because I remember liking a lot of his stuff, especially Robin Hood Men in Tights. I remember loving the hell out of that, and now it's... Just doesn't do much for me. But Matthew Broderick, no, 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 no. He feels like a shitty version of John Cusack from that era. And that's where I'll leave that. Now, let's get on to what I've been playing. So first up is Asanzo, which is a World War One based online multiplayer shooter for 48 players so 24 every 24 one mode that's it it's a very stripped down basic game this is from i forget the name of the studio but they put out other i think two other world war one shooters one of which was for dan and i think i can't remember the other one but it's all about large-scale battles and two opposing forces. So one side is going to be the attackers and one side is going to be the defenders. And you just have these large-scale battles that are focused on various sections of a map. And then you move forward. You know, if the attackers progress and they're able to move on to the next area, you move on to there. And and matches can take near an hour. So they're, they're not short matches. And... 
plays pretty well. You you have three modes, quality, resolution, and performance. I'd say at least on the Series X, there wasn't a noticeable... I'm assuming that performance meant 120 FPS. I didn't look into it, but I'm making that assumption because I don't have a 120 FPS screen, at least not that I play on. And so the difference in performance between performance and quality and resolution wasn't that noticeable. When things got really hectic, I noticed a, a, a few drops, but overall on quality, at least it, it still felt pretty good and it looks significantly better. You are going to see a significant drop in visual fidelity when playing on performance mode, which leads me to believe it has to be 120 FPS because I think anti-aliasing is just completely turned off and it does not look good. So I'd recommend just playing on quality mode for the, the pretty visuals because it looks pretty good and it plays well. It plays like a traditional Call of Duty game. But the problem with the game for me and... I don't know how many games do it these days. I'm so used to Apex that isn't handled this way and doesn't work this way that I don't know what the standard is anymore. And regardless of that, I don't think the standard should be this if it is. But it is very newcomer unfriendly. And what I mean by that is there are weapons and whatnot that are all locked behind a leveling system for the various classes and they're all tied to each class so you are leveling up each class individually and the classes consist of an officer rifleman marksman engineer assault and i think that's it i don't think there's like a support medic class but you're leveling up each one individually and as you level up them then you will unlock access to new weapons and I don't know. That, that might be all you're getting. You might be also getting access to new perks that allow you to do things like build structures if you are, I think, the engineer class or cut wire, etc. And the real problem, though, is the fact that you have these guns that are locked behind the leveling system so that if you are new to the game, you're just fucked because everyone starts off with just a basic bolt-action rifle. Every class feels very, very samey. Sure, you have these different perks, but every single one of them at the starting point has only access to a different type of bolt-action rifle and a sword as a sidearm, essentially. None of them have pistols as sidearms. If you want a pistol to start off, you have to play as the officer. There are only two officers per team, and those get gobble up real fast those spaces and i i think all of them have a limit except riflemen but the the way God, the way the leveling system works and how it locks you and and gates this shit makes it so that if you are new you're gonna be you're gonna be fucked because for instance i think it, it, it's, it has to be the assault class until you reach level 10, you just have the bolt-action rifle. But then, 
when you hit that level, or maybe it might have even been level 15, you unlock access. You don't have to use this gun. You can keep using the bolt-action rifle, but you'll unlock access to a machine gun, an automatic rifle. And you know what's deadly in World War One when everyone else is using a bolt-action rifle? And if they're not, if they if they miss that first shot, you're gonna fucking destroy them. Okay, that's just how it's gonna work. And then with the marksman class, your sniper class. I, there's absolutely no reason to play as a class until you level them up. But then, I mean, you need to play as them to level them up. But their initial loadout does not come with a fucking scope. So their advantage uh, as being a marksman class, a sniper class, which you would assume would include a, a scope right from the get-go, is negated at the beginning because you have not progressed enough with them to unlock a scope, a, a gun, a loadout with a scope. So their their loadout is no better or really different than any of the other classes. To start, you have to level them up first. This this system is just incredibly annoying, and I really, really found it incredibly frustrating. And it sucks because I think the game overall feels pretty good, looks good. I like the idea of large-scale battles. They can be exhausting if maybe you're, you know, you want a quick hit. This is not the game to play. But if you want some tense, large-scale battles, it's good for that. It's just the leveling system kills all of my enthusiasm for the game and wanting to keep playing because I look at it and I'm like, I mean, the, the longer this game is out and the more people play it and the more uh, people drop off where we'll just be left with nothing but the hardcore playing, it is going to be really rough on new players to jump in and then get destroyed by somebody who has a machine gun or someone who has a scope. And you're like, how did it, like, I didn't see anyone. How did I get shot from so far away? Oh, it's because they have a scope and I don't, I don't have a scope. It just fucking sucks. But it'll, it'll always be populated, which is nice because I'm pretty sure the way it works, I know that pre-release when I had the game, like it would just populate matches with bots. And I think that's the way it still works. So if you don't have a full lobby, it's just going to fill all the empty spaces with bots until more people come in. So you'll always be able to find a game. I don't... If it does a great job of distinguishing between, I mean, you wouldn't see the logo behind them, but uh, I, I do like that. I do like when multiplayer games have either just the ability to play against bots on their own in, in their own little individual matches, or they fill lobbies with bots while you're waiting for them to fill up instead of having to wait for enough people to show up to start a match, just like start a match with however many people here, fill the rest of the spots with bots, and then get rid of the bots as more people start rolling in. So I like that as well. I, there's a lot to like in Asanzo, but the Levin system, again, just kills everything else. Then Four Tales is a narrative deck builder, which is available on Switch and PC. I was playing on Switch, and I... I really, really like this game. I've only dipped my toe in it, 
did the tutorial chapter and then a bit after that, maybe a chapter two after that. And the way it works is that you have your deck of cards and you'll have on the right side sort of like your, your inventory cards, which include food, supplies, money, fame, and these like death cards. Then you have your, your characters that are in your group in the middle. And on the left are their specific ability cards or action cards. So maybe scouting ahead, stealing, uh, battle cry, whatnot. And then on the board, you have four spaces. And these spaces will have either character cards or very often... I think the, the number of spaces, it, it varies from location to location and, and where you are in an act in the story. So I think sometimes it was three and sometimes four, et cetera. But you have these spaces in any given chapter, whatnot. And they'll have either character cards on them or environmental cards, environment cards, location cards. And in some cases, those location cards might have bandits on them or uh, security, not security. What am I thinking of? What am I thinking of? Not security. I mean, technically security. But, uh, you know, the, the, the authorities, they'll have authority people on them, which you'll have to engage with before you can actually... <laughs> before you can go check out the location and get any information you need to do. And the way it works is that you'll have these cards on the table and then you interact with them in various ways to progress the story and keep everything moving forward. So you might, uh, for instance, at the very beginning, you're asked to steal a liar and this is what initiates the rest of the story and the expansion and the opening of it up into a more to give you more choice but you're you're asked to steal this liar which then turns out to be this mystical thing and you're able to see various futures and then you're able to try and create paths or or, or, or do things that will lead to a changing of certain outcomes but the way it works is that you have the table and then you'll have the ability to interact with these spaces by using either your supply card things, like the, the money, fame, food, etc., or your ability cards. So there might be a, a creature card on the table, and you can choose to use your swift hands card to steal from them, and it'll tell you, with, with every card, it'll tell you what it'll do, if it'll do anything to the various cards on the table. So with a creature card, Swift Hands will maybe steal two gold, but then bring on the authorities, bring on the, the guards. Or, it, you know, there's RNG tied with everything. You could maybe kill that person and steal their gold get some food at the same time. You can go to a shop card 
and use money to get food or use a different card on a different space to get some fame, etc. And all these various currencies are used to progress the story in other ways. When you get into a combat scenario, whether it's with bandits or guards, you can then, instead of having to actually fight them, you could use food to bribe some guards and get them away. And, and the way the, the combat works is all based off a morale system. And the morale will drop as you either defeat combatants or get them to flee for some other reason, whether it's through bribing or whatever. And once morale hits zero, the rest of the enemies will get the fuck out of there. I'm doing a horrible job of explaining this. Because I, I, I've only scratch the surface and in no way does that make me an authoritative voice on this game but I think the whole deck building system does a really good job of giving you interesting ways of dealing with these choices and it, it, it's essentially like it's just a fucking choose your own adventure game okay that's what it is do you like choose your own adventure games? Do you want one that is handled but like the way you control it and progress is all through a, a deck building, a deck, a very light deck building aspect. It's not super complicated or features a lot of depth or anything. It's, it's very, it's very easy to get into. And I'm just going to shut up now. Cause I feel like I don't know. I I'm fucking just sound like a moron talking about it. Then the last one I played, the last game I played, is Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobed. And I played a bit of this on stream, and the funny thing is, I didn't have any... I had some performance issues where it got a little framey here and there, but overall it was okay. But the second I stopped streaming, I played a bit more, I experienced three crashes, which are super annoying, at least the checkpoint system pretty all right so i didn't lose a lot of progress but it's still annoying and i got to the point that i wanted to get to which is where i discovered how the game handles the ammo system and it's just like the first remake which asks you no it doesn't ask you it requires you to transmogrify objects in the world in order to get more ammo and why i hate this system is because in the heat of battle when you're hurting for ammo and you really just need some ammo so you can fucking kill the rest of the people. You, you do have weapons like the Zapomatic or whatever, your electrici electrocution gun, which just works off a cooldown system, so you'll always have that. But for the, the weapons that use ammo, in order to get more ammo, you gotta transmogrify an object, and I timed it again. It takes roughly five seconds from initiating transmogrification to the point at which it becomes ammo that you can then use in your gun. And that may not seem like a long time, but again, in the heat of battle, five seconds is a long fucking time. I, I would only recommend playing this game on easy because it's just a silly, stupid game, so why try and challenge yourself? But I hate that ammo system. I hate that ammo system so much, and I know it was different in, at least in the first game, it was different in the original. And I, I wish it was just... I don't, I don't care if it kind of makes sense thematically. It does not make for enjoyable gaming. And sometimes that's more important, especially in a game that is not asking to be taken seriously 
and is in no way realistic. Who gives a shit about how you get your ammo? Just have it fucking fall out. Like, just have it fall out of the fucking humans when you kill them or anything else. When you destroy objects, just have ammo come out of it. Who cares? Why make me have to transmogrify it instead? Just fucking give me the ammo, you piece of crap. I want to have fun with your game. I don't want to deal with stupid shit like that. But I don't know what it is about Destroy All Humans 2. It may in part be the structure. So the first game was structured in a more simplistic manner of being mission-based. And in between missions, you'd go back to your home saucer, do some upgrades if you have enough points, etc. And then go on to another mission in a various location. And Destroy All Humans 2 is more open world based. So you have a handful of hub worlds and then missions will crop up within them. And you can also explore, find collectibles, etc. in them. But this, this structure feels, and it could just be because of its age, it doesn't work. The, the worlds aren't that interesting to be in. They're, they're very pretty. Like the game, I'll, I'll give this. The game still, just like the first one, the amount of work they put into the visuals is undeniable. And it looks fantastic. Ignoring any technical issue and bugs that you'll find, cars losing their fucking minds, shit like that. Just from a pure fidelity standpoint, it looks so, so good. And it, it plays overall pretty well. But it's also funny because it, it is very much a, mostly just a visual upgrade. And they even have a disclaimer when you launch the game. Just an FYI, everyone. This is pretty much just a visual upgrade. We, we did very little to change the way the game originally worked and all that. So just, just know you're mainly just getting really, really nice visuals with this game. And we didn't update anything else. And I think that tells you everything you need to know. The fact that they feel the need to put that disclaimer in the front of the game maybe makes it clear that they even know themselves that, you know, uh, it might not be the best game ever. So, you know, I mean, we, we didn't try and change anything. We just made it pretty. So don't fucking hold it against us. Don't, you know, when you're talking about the game when you're reviewing the game remember we know we know that we didn't change anything either we just you know you probably want this right and i think there is value in remaking games where all you're doing is improving the visuals but it's clear with destroy all humans too and this could be part of the problem too is that really it's not that much different from the first game and did we need another just remake of an old Destroy All Humans game. I think not. I think with the two hours or so I put into Destroy All Humans 2, it's clear that the way they should have done it is remake the first game to remind people of it. And I think the first game holds up pretty... Like, it's just that the first game was enough. You know, just to say the first game holds up and, and to say the second doesn't would, would be bullshit. The thing is, the first game was enough. 
it was enough to scratch that itch to remind me and other people of what Destroy Humans was and make us want more. I played it. I was frustrated in moments. I hate the Transmogrify system. But overall, I enjoyed my time with it. And it made me want some more. Maybe want a new game with Crypto. A new Destroy All Humans game. A game with modern sensibilities, etc. And that's what they should have done. Instead of remaking the second game, they should have made Destroy All Humans new class. Whatever the fuck they want to call it. But just make a new one. We don't need... We didn't need another remake. And... Yeah, that's kind of where I ended up. After I played it for a bit, I realized that I just... I had enough. I got my fill with the first remake, and I don't really want or need any more. There are some fun new weapons they've added, like the, the dancing gun and the bounce gun. I really, really like the bounce gun. I, I don't know if it's called the bounce gun, but you can charge up and then shoot people, and then they'll just bounce like they're being pinballed all over the world. And you can do it with vehicles, too. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to watch the mayhem. And that's, that's when Destroy All Humans is at its best, when you're just fucking dicking around in the world and doing stuff. It's also very, very talky. Holy shit, does this game just want to talk your ear out and be very... I don't, I don't know if that carries on throughout the entire game, but the story bits seem more prominent. And uh, it's, it's not a good story. It's super cheesy. And when you get a lot of it, it starts to wear on you. I think the first game had a, a good balance of story and, and just gave you enough, gave you all you needed and then allowed you to just be in this world having a fun silly time. And they, they changed a few more things that may have been the way they were changed in the original. I, I realized when I was playing this that I did not play the original back in the day. I played the first game and I remembered a fair amount of that, but I clearly did not play the second one back in the day. So this is all new to me. But... For instance, the way the cloning system works, where you are able to transform into human characters. In the first game, you do this, and you're essentially freezing the person you copied in the space they were in, and you are donning their appearance. And then you use your little mind-reading ability to replenish your, your clone bar so that you won't be discovered the way it works in destroy humans 2 is that you essentially just inhabit a person's body and then you're able to be in there for a certain amount of time there didn't seem to be a way to increase that time or add more time to it and i think i like the new system i think i like the new system but again it's just it's more Destroy All Humans from back in the day. If you really, really liked the remake of the first game and when you finish it, you just wanted more, you're going to be happy. If you played the original game the, uh, back in the day and you just want a pretty version of that, you'll probably be happy. But if you played the remake and upon completing it, you thought, this is, this is all right. I'd love to see what they would do now with modern ideas and everything you're, you're going to be disappointed because there's there's nothing it very much just feels like a direct continuation of the first game you know just in the 60s instead of like the 50s 
So. Yeah, a bit disappointed there. And, and it could just be, uh, you know, I will also say I might just not have been in the, the right mood for it. It was really late when I was playing it, but then I played some more this morning and I still wasn't feeling it. So, and I, like, I, don't, I don't think it's bad. It's just, why? Do something new. Give us something new. I don't, I don't want, I, just, I do not want this remake. A remake something else. But I feel like that's all we're getting. Because this is what, uh, one of them, uh, Cock Media, Deep Silver, remake everything at this point. Nothing new. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's it in terms of what I've been playing. So let's, uh, get to the Patreon questions and call it a show. I feel like this episode just is sucking poopy, doopy poop. But, uh, the questions we have. From Jedi, any game studios that you just immediately say no to if you see they are developing a game? And this is this is a hard question. I thought about it and I didn't think too deeply about it. I'm trying to think if there really is a studio out there that I 100% nope out of and, and I just would not I don't I don't think there is because I'm open to giving any studio a chance even if they've burned me over and over and over again I'd say maybe the, the closest would be Quantum Dream that's the name of them right the Heavy Rain people because they fucking burn the shit out of me with Heavy Rain uh, I, I've, I don't know if there's any other game where the ending completely ruined the whole of the experience that came before it for me like heavy rain did because it just negated every everything that happened before the choices i made the way the story played out the the ending basically said hey actually actually this is a deserving actually you know how you play the game and how you were handling this one character it doesn't make any fucking sense now because Really, they were this, and it doesn't matter that you did all this stuff in your playthrough because they were this all along. And I just was like, how does any of this fucking make sense? And it doesn't. And I haven't played Beyond Two Souls. I haven't played Detroit Become Human. And I'm not all that interested in the Star Wars thing. So I guess they're there outside of that. I don't know, man. I don't know. What what studios could there be? What studios could there be? The studio that makes FIFA? <laughs> they don't fucking give a shit about soccer. It's like, oh, what are you making? Oh, another FIFA? All right, good. I ain't, I ain't playing your game. There's probably someone I'm, I'm forgetting. I'm just trying to think of big games and whatnot. I could think of studios where... It doesn't matter what they make, I'd play 100%. But the opposite, I'm pretty open to giving anything a shot and letting a studio that may have led me astray multiple times or every other time in the past a chance to finally make good. I like that, I, you know. I like being open to all that and everything. 
I mean, there are creators, there are individual creators who, if they were making a game, I maybe like, if David Jaffe got back into the industry, I'd be very hesitant about going anywhere near anything he made. But at the same time, unless he was doing it all on his own, games are made by many people. And I'm not going to let one bad person keep me from supporting something that was made by a whole team of people who are probably not bad people. But, uh, yeah. I, I, I might, I might uh, get back to this question next episode, Jedi. I forgot you asked it. I, I remember thinking, oh, that's a good question. And then I forgot to, like, actually do a bit of research to try and think of studios where that would be the case. Man, I wish I wish I had a, a better answer. There's because I all you can think of like is not studios that I'm just like nope uh uh but studios that I look at and I, I think nowhere near as highly of them as other people like Naughty Dog. We've, we've gone over this, but maybe that changed with The Last of Us Part Two. But I think they are horrible at gunplay, like the Uncharted games. They all feel like shit. And the only reason why the newer ones feel alright is because they added in the accessibility options a lock-on feature that make the dog shit shooting tolerable. And yeah. I, I don't I don't fucking care about Last of Us Part 2 and any argument that oh, that one's trying to be realistic and you're actually you're supposed to you're actually 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 supposed to play it stealthily. That I, I, I don't care. There are moments where you can't be stealthy and you're asked to shoot and it just feels like shit. But I haven't played The Last of Us Part 2. Maybe they finally fixed it. Maybe they finally fixed it. But the last Patreon question is from Live and Large. How many Sonic games have you played to completion? And when I... <laughs> god damn with the actually... Oh my god, this is my, this is my kryptonite. I need to fucking shit up with this. I need to stop it. No more. I'm putting this out there. Y'all can verbally slap me in the face. Next episode, if I do. Next episode, I am actually never going to say actually during that episode. I promise. Scouts on or whatever. I don't, you know, whatever people. Uh, but uh, back to the question. How many sounding games have I finished to completion? The answer is uh, zero. I'm pretty sure I've never beaten a Sonic game. I don't have any recollection of beating Sonic 1. I don't have any recollection of beating Sonic 2. I never played Sonic 3, Sonic CD. I played like 10 minutes of Sonic Adventure, nothing of Adventure 2. Played a little bit of Unleashed, a little bit of Mania, a little bit of colors I think a smidgen of forces I no I did not beat Sonic Spinball <laughs> that would be that would be the, the funny one to have beaten I, I like Sonic Spinball but I really liked the first two games but I'm pretty sure I never finished them I'm pretty sure if they have very memorable ends 
Like, I do not... If I beat Sonic 1 or Sonic 2, I have no idea how they end, what the ending is, or any of that. So, you can call me a fake Sega fan all you want, but, you know, I just liked other games on my Genesis. Yeah, you know, well, was, uh, I mean, Sonic, Sonic, Sonic's fine. I don't have anything against Sonic. And I think the new game, the latest trailer we got a few weeks ago or so, it has me super, super excited in it, Sonic Frontiers. That that trailer, I think it was more than a trailer, it was like a overview type of thing. I am more interested in that than the new Zelda game, the new pretty much anything. It is at the top of my, I'm very curious how this game is going to play out list now. I, I really want to see how Sonic Frontiers turns out and i'm excited to eventually play it i'm hoping it's great i hope for not just people like me who aren't really the biggest sonic people can maybe get into it but i hope it is something that sonic fans can fucking love and champion and be like look at this great game we got look at this we finally did it. we finally did it people so yeah <laughs> thinking about this though living large you know what you asked me if Need for Speed Payback is worth $3. And that's what got me to play for Attack of the Backlog. And I had a miserable fucking time. Thank you very much. And now you asking this question has me thinking, you know what? It could be kind of fun to make the first Sonic game I ever finished be either the Werehog one, Sonic Unleashed, or Sonic Forces, which is the one where you create your own Sonic. And it's very kid-centric. And I think a lot of Sonic fans hate it. So I think I'm still going to play Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance next uh, for second runs to so just have something I, I need to have something that I'm guaranteed to enjoy but after that I think it's Sonic time baby I think it's Sonic time and I think it's either Sonic Unleashed or Sonic Colors not not Colors Sonic Forces 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 I'm not I'm not I'm not so mean and so hating of myself and we all know I hate myself a whole bunch I am not playing I am not ready for Sonic 2006 but Unleashed or Forces? Maybe. Maybe. But uh, that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage So Show. Once again, I'm Marcus Ness. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. You can, of course, watch the video version of this if you are an audio listener on the YouTubes. That is youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. And if you're already here, or not here, please do like, subscribe, hit the bell, and all that jazz if you haven't already. It does help a lot. That is especially important of you audio listeners who may think it doesn't matter, but, you know, just popping in over there for a minute and doing a bit of liking, subscribing, and whatnot. It, it does help a lot, and it would be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. And, of course, if you'd like to find all my other links of import, you can go over to pixelatedsausage.com slash pxs. And, and if you enjoy any of this stuff I do and what have you, of course, the streams as well on the YouTube. So everything's there. But uh, if you do enjoy the things I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash PXS to support me and my nonsense uh, that way. And if you, if you support at the $3 or higher level, you'll be able to ask me dumb questions on this show. Sometimes great questions, often pretty good questions. Not too many dumb questions. I'm, I'm thankful that my few supporters aren't a bunch of dum-dums. 
But uh, you can do that. You can join in that fun. And you also get access to a private Discord channel where nothing really happens other than asking the questions. But, I mean, things can happen if you want. And no one else will be the wiser. So that sounds good. Do that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that is again patreon.com slash pxs anywho that will really do it so as always thank you for watching or listening i hope you enjoyed this here episode and i hope you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day bye